listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. You know, I, I, as I said on Sunday, I was going to um, finish up what I preached on Sunday on Wednesday night, but God gave me a, 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 just a whole second part two to it. So uh, we're going to share some things, but it goes right with it because uh, for those of you who maybe didn't watch or you didn't see or those of you who are just tuning in tonight and you didn't look at Sunday, Sunday's uh, message was on there's two kinds. And so it stirred up a lot of folks. My goodness, I didn't think it was going to stir up that many hornet's nests, but it was good. Stirred up folks about two kinds of truth, two kinds of faith, and two kinds of unbelief. And I didn't even expound on it. I'm just giving you the highlights, okay? And, uh, but it's, and it's truth to me because it's very true. Uh, you know, believe it or not, somebody shared this with me a long time ago. They said, you know, when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Amen. And when you say no to something, you're saying yes to There's always uh, two sides to what you're looking at. Amen. There's always a Godward side and a manward side to everything that we have. But, uh, you know, when I shared about two kinds of knowledge, there is that. You need to know that there are biblical knowledge that far exceeds natural knowledge. You know, we think we're so smart. We think we do all this. We have all this stuff. We think our brain's so good. Do you know God's far smarter than we are? Amen. You know that. And he can bring things to pass. And the same thing about two kinds of faith. There's a biblical faith and then there's a natural faith. And then two kinds of unbelief, whereas, you know, there's the unbelief that you just don't know because you don't have knowledge of it, so you really can't because you just don't know about it. And, of course, the cure for that is the word of God. But then there's the other kind of unbelief that is unpersuadableness, which simply means you just flat refuse to be obedient. Amen? You know, many times we want to just put it off about, well, God's grace, God's going to give me grace. But God said obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen? But, But usually when you talk about the subject of truth or the subject of faith, or if you talk about unbelief and disobedience, everybody gets condemnation on. The devil's really good at condemning the body of Christ. He's really good at beating you up and saying, well, you don't have any faith. You have a lack of this, or you have this. Yeah, yeah, I know it's me. I can't do this. I can't, yeah, I guess that's the way I am. And that's not the truth at all. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. The Holy Spirit's not condemning you. He may convict you about things, which means he's going to draw you to God. Amen? Hallelujah. But tonight, the Lord began, he said, listen, what I want you to share with you, what do you do after you've been hit? You got to get back up. You know, you got to, it's kind of like, you know, getting thrown off a horse or something. But, uh, you know, so my title tonight is After the Hit. Uh, you know, there was a movie, uh, and I looked it up, and actually I re- realized, man, it was 25 years ago when this movie came out, so many of you probably don't even know it. But it was, a, it was a movie that didn't get a lot of publicity, but it was actually an excellent movie, and it's called The Ghost in, Dark- the Ghost in Darkness. And it's about two lions, African lions, and it's actually a very, it's based on a very true story of a book. You can see these two lions in a museum in Chicago, okay? They were man-eating lions, okay? They didn't do anything uh, like animals should. They did everything like uh, a human would do and uh, so they did things and so anyways in one part of the story uh, the guy Remington who did the Remington rifle if you know anything about hunting but anyways he's in this and he's part of this book uh, he's with talking to the guy who's the bridge builder they're building this bridge and this guy's from British building a bridge in Africa and he goes out to shoot these lions but he goes out and he takes a gun with him that he's never fired before And the lion comes at him, and he pulls the trigger, and nothing happens. 
And the lion jumps over the top, doesn't eat him, but jumps over the top of him, and it just totally rattles his cage because he's an experienced, you know, African hunter and all that kind of things. Remington comes up to him and he says, hey, you've just been hit. And he says, so now here's the cage. What are you going to do after you've been hit? And the Lord reminded me, and I thought, okay, God, that's a, you know, I remember that movie. That's really cool. He said, there's a lot of Christians that had just got hit in 2020. They got hit in the mouth. They got hit in things. And a lot of people have got hit because the enemy has come and attacked, and he, and he tries to throw his best punch. And if he can knock you down or knock you out and get you to quit, then he's got you. You know, in, in, and I'm going to share my own story. In 2015, I got hit. Okay, I got big time hit. Our church got big time hit. You know, but the greatest testimony is not that we got hit. The greatest testimony is that God is, we're here and what we're doing in 2021. But the key is, is that because I got hit, I have been able, to, and because I knew how to get up. Okay, and that's what I want to share. I want to show you four things tonight that'll save your life when you get hit. Okay. You got to know how to walk some things out when tragedy comes, when tests comes, when things come, and when your whole world crashes down, and you don't know whether up is up or down, or you don't even know where you're at. You have no bearings. You've lost all the will to live. You've lost it, and you may have never have gotten there yet, but you have been hit before where you've stopped doing the things that God wants you to do. Amen? And you back off of it, or you stop believing the word of God. Amen. And you just start going through the motions. Have you ever gone through the motions? I've been in the motions. I've gone through the motions for periods of time in my life. Uh, you know, the longest period of time has been about six, you know, six months to a year after I've been hit to where I've just kind of gone through the motions. But thank God that uh, you can come out of it. Amen. And we need to know how to come out of it because it's a whole lot easier to profess Christianity than it is to live it. It's a whole lot easier to profess faith and all these kind of great things than it is to live it. Amen. You got to know, you know, what I, what I want to do, I'm a pastor, so we got to live this thing. We got to walk out of it. And, and here it is. You know, I'm not this super great guy. God's just anointed me to do things. I'm a pastor. Yes, God has anointed me. But I just learned how to do what the word of God says to do. And I had to learn to put one foot in front of the other. Amen. So I want you to go with me to John chapter 10 and verse 10. We know this verse, but I want to share with you here. You know, I mean, when, when the trials of life come and try to squeeze you and put you in a box or put you in a corner or get you in a very uncomfortable position, because you're like, why did this happen to me? Now, you probably never felt that way. So I'm just going to preach to me and preach to those that have felt that way. This should not have happened. Yes, I totally understand that. Amen. And I'm going to share this story. And I've shared it before, but the Lord just told me to share it again. So we're going to share it because once you go through something and you get hit, especially when there's death involved or especially when there's something tragic that is involved, it just rocks your world because you don't think that's what's supposed to happen. And guess what, folks? It's not what's supposed to happen. But we live in a world, okay? Amen. I went through a period of time, 2015, you know, uh, you know, I totally believed that all of 2015 was not from God for my life, okay? It wasn't. 
There's not one thing that was there that I think was, and you might have had a great 2015, but that's cool. A lot of people think that 2020, not one thing was from God. And some other people had a great 2020. Okay, amen. The thing about this is that when you're going through something and when you're walking it out and you're seeing things that you know are not lining up with the word of God, that is when you get to walk by what's called, we get to walk by faith. We don't walk by the things that are seen. We walk by the things that are not seen. Even though the things that are seen, we're trying to change those faith and changes that we are trying to get God on the scene. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, here in John chapter 10 and verse 10, uh, you know, the King James version uh, of John 10 says the thief, uh, you know, does not come except to steal, kill and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The New Living Translation says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill and to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So let me share something with you right now. Anything that stole from you, anything that has caused death, anything that hasn't brought life life to is of the enemy. Amen. Like I told you, I mean, went through months of total chaos and, and, and very difficult things. Okay. You know, so I, I, you know, I watched for six months and watched my wife deteriorate and die at 56 years of age, which I do not believe is the will of God in any way, shape, form. You'll never get me to believe that. You'll never get me to believe that was the will of God for her to die ever. Do I know why she died? No. Absolutely not. Don't let that kill you and don't let that destroy you. Because see, if I've had people get mad at me because I'm happy. How dumb is that? You gotta believe the word of God, okay? See, the problem is, is that nobody wants to, you know, we don't want to face these things. Something happened. Now, but how we do this, how we understand what transpired, what took place. Man, I prayed, exercised, I prayed and prayed and prayed and fasted and I did everything I knew to do except stand on my head and I, even, I would have done that if God, if I thought it would have worked. Everything that I knew to do and she still went to heaven, okay? Now, somebody said, well, do you, don't you feel sorry for her? No, I felt sorry for me. Are you kidding? <laughs> She's in heaven, I'm the one that got stuck here having to explain everything, having to go through everything, having to get judged and ridiculed and about, hey, where's your faith? What's this? You know, you go through. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He wants to beat you up. But I was kind of like David. You know, one of the greatest stories in the Bible that helped me through this all is when David was fasting and praying and, and just crying out to God to save his son. And then when the son died, everybody's terrified to tell him that the son's dead. And he sees him murmuring over in the corner and he says, is my son dead? And they said, yes, he's dead. He gets up, washes his face, says, okay, cool, let's go on with life. And everybody freaks out. Well, we don't understand. Well, he says, hey, while they were here, was one, I'm praying, I'm asking God, I'm getting, I want God to do that. I want God to do this. That didn't happen. I, you know, I, you know he's not going to come back to me, but I get to go to him. You know, my wife's not coming back, but I get to go to her. She's in my future. Hallelujah. Amen. See, we look at this and we don't want to, yeah, death's an enemy. Anything that steals, kills, and to destroy is of the devil, okay? Like I said, there was nothing. And there was, you know, five months of, of 2015 that was literally, and I can say this, it was literal hell to go through. 24 hours a day, okay? 
that I wouldn't wish on anybody. I don't want to be. But you know, because of what God has shared with me and told me, I've been able to help so many people, so many ministers and people who've lost their spouses and things like that. Did I want to help them? No, I wanted to be on the other side. And still, you know, but God's blessed me. I am so happy and blessed. God's supernaturally blessed me. And I'm not sad about that. I'm not, you know, uh, ashamed of that. I thank God that God blessed me and gave me Pamela. Hallelujah. I am blessed. He knew I needed it. Big time. You know, he knew that. And so he brought the perfect person for me. And then other people say, well, yeah, that's just because everything worked out for you. (laughs) It's so funny. You know, you get beat up for what you don't do. You get beat up for what you do do. So I just decided I'm going to do have fun. I'm going to preach the gospel and do things. I can't help it if God loves me and he takes care of me. Amen. Because God, the thief comes to steal, kill and to destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So anything that's of life is of God. So when things happen, we look at ourselves, you know, because you ask yourself, you know, you you hear things, well, this person prayed and they were okay. This person, yeah, I know that. Amen. But I just, you know, I was reading uh, Smith Wigglesworth again and and in a book about that he wrote or that somebody wrote about him. But anyways, he was saying, he got up and he was sharing, it was a sermon he was doing. And he said, I'll never understand healing. I'll never understand God's kind of healing. Here I am, I come out of here and I pray for you and you all get healed and I myself have just come out of bed and I'm, cause I, and, and, and I'm going through experience. For seven years, he passed kidney stones. And the greatest miracles he had during his life and during all the things that we read about was during those seven years that he was, he would, because he was in bed bleeding and couldn't get up, but he'd get up just enough to preach and God would do miracles but he had to get his by faith. For seven years, I thought, glory be to God. He said, I don't understand that, but he said, that's not up to me. He never could get his daughter to hear. She was deaf. Couldn't get her healed. That didn't stop him from changing the world for 40 years. We look at things and we want to put everything, we want to think that we should know everything, that everything should work this perfectly little way. But that's not the key. The key is every one of us is going to get hit. But what do we do after we get hit? After we get knocked down? How how do we handle this? What are we going to do? Glory to God. But you thank God for the goodness and the grace of God. What you have to do, first of all, the very first thing you have to do is you have to come back to square one. Am I saved? Does God live in me? That's the first thing you've got to come back to, your basis of, I am a child of God. So no matter what goes on, no matter what has happened, and especially this, if you've experienced death like I'm talking about, and they were saved, why are you so upset? They're rejoicing. They're in heaven. You're going to be with them forever. Yeah, you're missing out down here. Yes, it's tough. It's rough and everything else. But glory to God, God's grace is sufficient for you, and it'll, it'll cause you to come out of it. Amen? You see things. And, and, and when you see that, what happens, that's the first thing. You've got to come back to square one. I'm saved. His spirit lives in me. And glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, God, you know, no matter what, if, if I died, I'm going to get to go to heaven. Praise God. It's a great place. And I know you want to when that happens to you. You want, you hurt so bad. If I could have figured out how to get sick or how to sick and die, and die I would have got, I would have tried. Literally. I mean, I'm so healthy, it's bad. It is. It's, it is. It's, 
you know, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, it just is, I is, and I can't help that. If people get mad at me about that, I can't help that. I know I can eat anything. I just have that wonderful metabolism, and I thank God for that, so I'm not going to be, be, I'm not going to apologize for that either. Hallelujah. Because God has the cure for everything, but because you've been hit, things didn't happen, does that do away with the word of God? No, it doesn't. Healing still belongs to the body of Christ. Healing still belongs to us. It's God's will that all be healed. Okay? You have to know that. Well, what about, I know, what about this? I can tell you what about, what about, what about? My dad died at 53 years of age from cancer. I believe God, I exercised faith. I, I, I got him good one time. I helped him, he got going better and I got trying to get faith into him and then, you know, I, he just, he couldn't quite grasp it. And man, that rocked my world. I was in a fog for six months because I just did not understand. And you've heard me share about there was a church that, I, that was in Pittsburgh or right around the Pittsburgh area and their head intercessor lady passed away. And so they just folded the church. Same size of church as ours is right now. Just fold this and forget it. That, it. They don't work. I'm going, and they went back to secular work. And just fold, just, just close the doors because God didn't answer their prayer crazy it is crazy you know obviously you know you know but we look at this because we want to just judge the word of god by our circumstances or by our experiences no you judge your circumstances and your experiences by the word of god amen so the very first thing how do we tap into the life of god stay there and how do we rise up out of this number one you got to agree that god is in you how can two walk together lest they agree and you've got to agree with the word of God even when it doesn't make any sense or you don't understand why. Some say, well, it's too hard. No, it's not too hard because that's the only thing that's going to make you get out of your own self-pity and your own self-pride. Amen? Amen. I mean, I had all kinds of people call me. Say, Pastor, we don't understand. We don't understand. You laid hands on us and we had cancer and we were healed and we're still healed. Many. We don't, I said, I don't understand either. <laughs> I don't have the answers. Well, who wants to serve? Listen, but I do know the word of God. I know God's faithful. He still tells us to pray. He still tells us to lay hands on the sick. Amen? He still, see, we got to get in agreement with the word of God first. And if you don't agree that the word of God's so, no matter if you're not experiencing it rightly, then you're going to be messed up because you're going to be fighting against God. And how you know, if you're fighting against God, who's going to win? He is. Okay? Amen? Hallelujah. And all that is, is pride because you got hurt because you don't think your faith worked. Y'all doing okay? You got to help people. Uh, it, you got you to get down to it. I mean, it got to help you. Got to get you. Get, because when we be, yeah, but I understand why this is happening. Listen, we live in a fallen world. There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be stress. There's going to be all kinds. You just don't want to allow that to mess you up. You, you, you can come into this thing and you got to come out better, not bitter. You got to rise up and say, you know, I'm going to believe God again. I'm going to rise up and believe God again. I'm going to, I'm going to trust God. I mean, I'll never forget, I, when, my, when my father passed away, I mean, it, 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 it rocked my world. I was 29 years old, and I did his funeral, and so, uh, 
well, actually, right before that, I was going to be 20, I was 28, but it's going to be 29. But it, so I did his funeral, and, uh, it, I, you know, my dad looked just like me. Like I look now, I look just like my dad looked almost, you know, identical. And I can remember that, because that's, so they did an open casket. So I'm standing up here, and it looks like I'm doing my own funeral. It was serious. In fact, all of my uncles, you know, my dad was one of 12 kids. And so, and then a lot of other cousins. When our cousins got together, we, there's, I mean, there's a huge clan. So anyways, but, uh, you know, one of my uncles said, uh, he said, man, he said, kid, if you can do this, you can do anything. I said, yeah, I can do this. So I did, you know, we did it all, but it was so, uh, um, you know, I mean, it was, it was a weird, surreal feeling. Like, okay, I know how my funeral is going to go. It's good things, but... Uh, but, you know, it's such a difficulty because God, I was in, and it, it, it wasn't until I said, God, I trust you. I do not know why. I do not understand. I do not know where I missed it. I don't know where my faith failed. I do not know all these things here. But I trust you. And so I'm not going to touch it anymore. If you want to talk to me and let me know about it, then you can. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And all of a sudden the fog broke. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, uh, you know, it just changed. You know, God did supernatural things. You know, because I just decided I'm going to try. And then God did show me things. Then God did open up a lot, a lot of things. And it began to help how I was walking this out, how I was going to do this. And it became a, a real blessing. But, you know, you've got to trust him. He said, well, does that, it didn't stop me from praying. It didn't stop me from believing God. Amen. Amen. You can't let that. The second thing is you've got to do this, is you still got to believe in your beliefs. Still got to have faith in God and faith in what you believe and faith in his word. Because when you stop believing in your beliefs or you stop believing in what you know to be true, then you're going to violate your conscience and it's going to defeat you and you will collapse. You gotta believe that what God's spoken and the beliefs, you gotta believe that your beliefs, I and mean, believe in your beliefs that they actually still change circumstances in your life, that you can still exercise your faith, that God still has a plan and a purpose, that you can still believe Him. Because He's your only hope. You remember Job? Job gets everything taken away, and his wife said, You just need to curse God and die. I mean, God has done that. You know, what does Job say? What, what's wrong with you, woman? You talk like a foolish woman. You're crazy. The only help I got, the only hope I got is God. Amen. See, what happens is the devil wants to come in and steal, kill, because that's what the devil told. Remember what the devil went before God? And he said, If you, you take away, you take away your hedge of protection, and Job will curse you. And so God says, okay, we're taking away the heads. You can do everything, but you can't kill him. So he kills all his kids, takes all of his crop, takes everything, you know, takes everything away from him, loses everything except his wife, <laughs> who tells him he needs to curse God and die. You know, and the devil knew that, so he's like, I'm going to keep her. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, see, y'all, you know, it's like, hey, we're not picking on ladies. It's just, you know, but what I'm saying is, is that, you know, it, you see that. And so, because the devil's going to, and he, because that's, the enemy always wants to use those closest to you. To, to, to cause you. Because I'm going to give you another thing here that you got to do that's very, very important, okay? And, uh, you know, you can't let the circumstances change your beliefs because if you do, it will destroy you, okay? 
So we've got to walk. We can't let what's going on say, yeah, well, I, listen, we fight the good fight of faith and we keep marching to what the word of God says. We get, that's why we're joyful. That's why we have a spirit of faith. That's why we're, you know, we're praising God. That's why we're like, yes, we're going to do Oh, you guys are just, you're not taking. No, we're believing God. We're not walking by fear. We're walking by faith and we're taking ground. Hallelujah. We're going to do this. See, what happens is most Christians deal, they allow what they're experiencing to determine what they believe. They never line up their experiences by the word of God. They line up the word of God by what they're experiencing. So I'm experiencing this, so this part of the word's right, but I'm experiencing this, so that part of the word's wrong. Do you understand that there ain't no part of this wrong? <laughs> that uh, God said it. This is what it is. We've got to take hold of it. Glory to God. We've got to know that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. We've got to believe how to do that. What, no matter what's going on, because I've said that to the Lord many times. I said, Lord, what we're experiencing is not what you want. And like I said, there was five months that literally I don't believe that any, any, any hour, any day of that was of God. It was not. It was a, I mean, if I sit here and told you all of the things right here, you would say, Pastor, why didn't you say? Why didn't you do? But it wasn't anybody else. It was, it was mine to take care of. But it was horrific. And I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Okay? The thing about it is, is that that was, you know, hey, it was something that we went through and I had to go through because, but, you know, hey, I loved my wife with all my heart. You know, far greater. And that's why, you know, I share that now because the devil did everything. That was the best shot. And he, and he did. And it was the greatest shot he could have. I mean, if he'd have killed me, it would have been no big deal. But, 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 but having her die was, you know, that was it. It doesn't matter. He can't do anything else to me because I'm dead. But I'm not dead. Okay. But I've been dead because I've been crucified with Christ. Yet, the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. And God has blessed, and, God, and God's done supernatural things. The, the thing about it is, it's because of what the Word of God, it's because I believed, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm saved. That's all, I, that's all I know. And now, I've got to look at, what do I really believe? Do I still believe in healing? Do I still believe that you're a good God? Do I still believe that you're a prayer-answering God? Yes, yes, yes. When it comes down to it, I, I can't denounce the word of God. I can't deny you know, the scripture. I've got to believe. I believe this. I'm doing this. I believe this with all of my heart. The word of God never fails. The word of God is true. No matter what, I trust you. No matter what. I know it's the devil. I know the devil. Did it. I don't know how he did it. I know that I, I want to bust him in the mouth. I just, you know, I want to be here. I want to do that. I want to be, have the sword. I want to tell Jesus, give me the sword first. I want to hit him first. You know, I'm not going to be able to do that, but I want to. All right. Here's the third thing that you have to grab a hold of. And I'm going to give you four because, and the fourth one is probably one of the most hardest ones you're going to do. And it's the most difficult. But the third one, and this is just for you because you've got to take care of you first in order to receive from God. The third thing that you have to do in order to get up after being hit, first one is you've got to believe in the Lord Jesus. You've got to know that his spirit's in you. You've got to get, walk in agreement with him. Second thing is you've got to believe your beliefs. You've got to re- reacquaint yourself with what you actually believe. Third thing is, is that you've got to know in your heart and speak with your mouth that what you say does come to pass. 
Why is that so vitally important? Because if you don't start speaking with your mouth and start saying things that you believe again, you will let what everybody else says dictate your life. You will no longer be living your life the way God wants you to live, and you'll live it in light of what everybody else thinks about you or what everybody else is saying about you. Amen? I wrote it down like this. You got to know your heart and speak with your mouth that it is true that that it, which is the word of God, that it is true that what you believe is true despite what anybody else or anything else says. And guess what? Everybody and anything, everybody else, they're all going to have opinion and they're all going to give them to you and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. You know, the worst thing that ever happened was people say, oh, I understand. No, you don't understand unless you lost your spouse. Okay? Then you can say, you know, you know, when I talk to men, talk to pastors, and I talk to a lot of them over the years, and they still call me. I'm dealing with, with, with two right now that I deal with. I deal with their pastors, and I deal with them because that's, everybody says, call, Mark, call Pastor Mark, call Mark Butler. He'll help you because I can help him. Someone says, well, who helped you? God did. Okay? I learned how to do this. Now, thank God I had, I had good friends. They didn't know how to help, but they knew how to cry with me. I did. I had two very precious friends who were very valuable. And that's because that's the fourth thing. Let me give you that to you real quick. Because the fourth, I want to get this to you because I'm sharing. This is probably, you know, sharing my heart tonight. This is probably one of the most, you know, sincere and serious messages I'll ever share. And God told me to, I said, God, I don't really like doing that. I don't want to share. Because I don't want anybody to think I'm this great person or I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. Because don't feel sorry for me because I'm blessed. And I'm happy, hallelujah, and I'm joyful, glory to God, hallelujah. I don't know how everything's going to work in heaven, but I know we're all going to walk in love, okay? <laughs> hallelujah. Love's going to be the determining factor, all right? Glory to God. Amen. The fourth, <laughs> hallelujah. Don't know what that's going to do, but thank God we're going to be glorified. The fourth thing that you have to do, and this is the one thing I did not want to do and you don't want to do, is you got to stay connected to the body of Christ. I, I had my letter of resignation ready for my board of, you know, if you're here at Harvest Bible Church, I was resigning. I was leaving. I was going to quit the minute. I was done. I figured, okay, I've done this. I've done this long enough. And if it didn't work after the 37 years I've been in ministry, then we might as well throw in the towel. And I was done. Yeah, I had already, I was leaving. And I, you know, I had, you know, I had places I could go and all the things. But I, I you know, had to decide. And uh, thank God, you know, thank God Larry Hutton said, hey, you got to come to Colorado. To Gunnison, Colorado. <laughs> 12,000 feet up. And we went up to a, to a cabin with an outhouse, okay? And, you know, and, and uh, glory to God. And uh, just solar for, for power at times. And uh, I had an axe and a shovel and a pick. And I got to tear out about six or seven tree trunks for a week, which was really good to help clear out part of his property there. And, uh, you know, you, when, you, when you're angry and you're mad and you're frustrated, you can do a lot of damage. You know, had a couple of chainsaws too, so it was good. And, uh, and so I didn't want 
to be around the body of Christ at all. I didn't want, you know, uh, Larry would try to say something about faith and I'd say, shut up. I don't want to hear any of that. And again, if you don't want to get beat up, you don't need to say that. So, you know, I mean, we did, he was really, really great. And we just, you know, and I, I took time, but I began to just pray. I began to say, all right, God, this is me and you. And I said, the first thing is, is that, hey, it is what it is. I'm not going to denounce you because I do believe that there is a heaven and there is a hell. And I'm not going to hell. I'm not I'm giving up my whole life for you to get mad at you now. Are you kidding? I gave up my best years. We're going to stick with this. No, but I, you know, I just talked to God about it. And I said, hey. And God spoke to me and he began to share with my heart about what we needed to do. And I just took it one step at a time. But the hardest thing that he said, he said, you've got to be the pastor. You've got to be the grandfather. And you've got to be the father. He said, I've given you hats. He said, and I'll tell you which hat you got to put on. And he said, here's the thing about it. Is you're not going to get to put on Mark's hat very often. That's my hat. Because my hat with Mark, Mark and God were not doing very good. Pastor Mark and God were doing okay. Dad, you know, to my, my three kids, you know, he was doing good, keeping them together. Pastor Mark, for you guys, I had to, and God said, you got to go back and you got to stay. Oh, my. I didn't want to come back and face you. I failed. In my eyes. Okay. I lost the battle that just was not a battle I was ready to lose, okay? It was devastating, to say the least, in anything. But God said, no, you're going to come back, you're going to preach, you're going to come back, and you're going to do this. And boy, I tell you, if I didn't learn how to put on the hats, I would have been destroyed. But if I hadn't learned, but then God spoke to me, he says, you've got to be connected to the body of Christ. If you stay out and just are by yourself, you know, or just you and and, and the ones you just want to be around you, what will happen is, is that you will get over here and you'll start feeling sorry for yourself. You'll get frustrated and you'll be like, man, well, then where is it? What is, and the devil will beat the snot out of you. The greatest thing I ever, the greatest thing was this last one. I had to stay connected to the body of Christ. You know, amen. And it was tough. It was tough. But thank God that faithful are the wounds of a friend. Thank God for people who speak words of life and tell you the truth, even though it makes you mad. Amen. So you got to share. When you get hit, you look at this and you go, yeah, I don't understand what's going on, why this is doing it, why this is happening, you know, and I know that the enemy doesn't have a right to do what he's done. But I also know that God's grace is sufficient. And I also know that we've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this, and then this is what we're doing. This is what God, and we're at the right place right now. And I know I'm in the perfect will of God right now. With, with the right wife. That sounds crazy. But for what we're doing right now, what we're doing, it's, I'm in the perfect will of God. It's, it's what God, I mean, for all the things that have transpired and taking, I mean, I thank God for her. Thank God for the gifting that's in her. I mean, I've been blessed. I've got, I've, I had one incredible wife with Esther and I've got one incredible wife with, I, I'm blessed, you know, but the self tells me, it's not fair. You got two. I said, I know, but I can't help it. God loves me. He loves me. He knows what he's doing. I can't help that. 
He teases me all the time. I said, hey, I'm just telling you. Here's what goes on, you know. But, you know, because I told you the two things on Sunday, and I want to get this because I've only got two minutes left to, to wrap this thing up. But is that, remember I told you there's two main issues with, with faith, that two, the two main enemies of our faith. Uh, one is un, a sense of unworthiness, and the other is wavering. Can you understand the unworthy? I did not feel worthy to be the pastor of Harvest Bible Church. I did not feel that, well, I mean, come on, you got to have men of faith. You got to be, you know, and you blew it. You missed it. You didn't, you didn't receive the end of your faith. Amen. I mean, hey, you know, you, you need to understand, but... The, the enemy, who was saying that was the enemy that was saying all those things because I felt so unworthy that God, how, what am I going to say? How, what am I going to do? How am I going to? And God gave me the words. God gave us the thing. God sustained us. God, I mean, most churches fold when things like that happen. And we're getting stronger and we've gotten stronger and you guys are a testimony that all of you that are, it's a testimony. Amen? And I don't have a problem sharing and saying, hey, glory to God. It's amazing of what God has done and what he did do before. But when I, when, when I see that, God, you know, and then the sense of wavering. We've all wavered. Wow, we all waver. What does wavering? simply means we become double-minded. One minute it's like, yes, I believe this. The next minute it's like, oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen again. And then it was... And I know none of you ever been in. Y'all been perfect, but I can confess my faults and my sins. Here we go. You know, but I had to go back to, God, I, I trust you, and I love you, and I'm going to honor you, and I'm going to be connected to the body of Christ. And that's been the biggest thing that I've been able to share, especially because you want to run and hide. You want to run and hide, or you just want to you know, just say, I just don't want to deal with things. But God said, no, now you're a veteran. Now you've been in battle and you know how to come out of the battle and now you know how to help people. And I thank God for that because in the last six years, I have been so able to help so many people because of the things in which I suffered. Amen? Like I said, I'm not bragging on me, man. Yeah, I said, well, God helped. Yeah, God did. He did. He needed me. I didn't want him to need me. I wanted to die. Amen. I did, but I was too young. I couldn't die. What, I trying to find something wrong with me. Went to the doctor to try to find something wrong. He said, man, you're really healthy. <laughs> Seriously, I did. I did all that stuff. He said, this, man, you don't have, and I said, yeah, I know. Don't I have any high cholesterol? Don't I have something high? high just give me something high, something. Don't I have nothing high. Took my blood pressure, it's perfect. I said, Oh gosh, do this, take this, take some blood work. He said, Yeah, you didn't, just, everything's working. I said, I know, it's terrible. But thank God for that, okay? Because here's what you gotta do now. Once you start, once you get connected to the body of Christ, don't let thoughts of the past, don't let the enemy bring back things that'll try to destroy your life. Don't let anything, don't never permit thoughts to come in. And when thoughts do come, don't speak them out because thoughts are gonna come and they're gonna go. But as long as you don't speak them out, they die unborn. 
Amen. And you've got to, remember I said the second thing there, or, or, or the third thing there is you've got to believe in your heart and you've got to speak with your mouth what you believe God is saying and doing in your life. you still got to exercise faith. When you do that, then you'll start, it's not this instantaneous thing. I wish I could say, oh, you know, hey, this, boom, I was just so great the next Sunday. I wasn't great for seven, eight months, a year in the midst of things. I was just going through the motions. I had a crazy meltdown on March 16th because somebody put something on Facebook that reminded me, well, they actually said, oh, I remember when you did this for Esther, and it just, I lost it. I drove 250 miles around and never left Lodi and Stockton. Put 250 miles on my truck and never left Lodi and Stockton. And everybody's calling me and trying to find out where I'm at, what I'm doing. You know, and it was a Wednesday. Actually, that was the Wednesday that Pastor Aaron came and preached. I, was, I passed out someplace. <laughs> Why? So what are we doing? Me and God were having a knockdown drag out while I was driving. It was stupid. I don't know. Thank God he protected me. Someone said, where'd you go? I have no, I didn't go anywhere. I just drove around and I cried and cried and yelled and screamed and did it. But you know, when I finally woke up after I had passed out from total exhaustion, I was fine. From that moment on, it was like, okay, let's do this. Amen. And I'd already been doing this for six months. I'd already been, you know, doing what God had told me to do, just one foot in front of the other. But hallelujah. And from that point on, I've been doing good ever since. And I'm not walking, and it's not because, oh, I got over it. Because I know guys, you know, they're in their fourth, fifth year that I'm dealing with that are still struggling. Okay? Do I condemn them? Absolutely not. They're precious and valuable. Amen. We're going to work it through here. Each one has a different one you have to work through, but that's okay. I just know how to get out of it. Aren't you glad you know how to get after you get hit? Hallelujah. You first of all say, God's in me. Amen. Then you first of all go, Lord, I know what I believe. I believe this and I really truly, and then you find out what you truly believe. And when you find out what you truly believe, you start saying it. You start talking about it. And then you get connected to the body of Christ and you're not ashamed that it happened to you. You don't walk in and go, oh, look at love. You don't care. Because glory to God, hallelujah, you know where your future is. Hallelujah. We know that. And you know, if you've done all that you know to do, praise God, God's doing it. Amen. Hallelujah. This is live and in person. It's being aired. So it's out there now. Hallelujah. We'll see what happens. Hey, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just honor you. Lord, I've shared my heart tonight because you told me to. And so uh, it's very difficult to do. But Lord, I wanted to help people because we've had some things take place in our church and had some things happen where... We've gotten hit, but now we're going to get back up. We're going to get back up. And the way that you get back up is you just believe, God, you've got a plan and a purpose for my life. You're a great God. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Father, I've shared, that's my testimony tonight, really. It's what it is. It's what helped me get up and to walk again. It's what helped me. You helped me. You showed me. You gave me life. And Lord, you've done, you've done exceeding abundantly above all that I could even ask or think. You've, you've caused Harvest Bible Church to be strong and knitted together. And what a body that we have. That even through 2020, we've been connected together and, and come together and come together in faith, united. And Lord, your hand is upon And you've got us and you've called us. 
You know, we've been perfected through the things in which we suffered because, God, you've called us forth and we're going to keep moving forth. Hallelujah. So, Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for your amazing grace. Honor you, Lord. And now, Lord, if there's somebody listening to this or anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we always want to give an altar call because it's all about helping. Or if there's somebody that's fallen away from God, they need to come home. They need to come back to God. They need to know, hey, or if there's somebody who's been hit and they're like out there going, oh, man, and, and you're leading them to watch this so they can know, oh, wow, you mean there's life after death? Yes, yes, there is. Hallelujah. There is life after tragedy. There is life after it. You can see it. You can walk it because God wants us to. So, Lord, thank you. If they are, that, that they would know Jesus. It's all about coming back to the Lord. And it's all about just letting God heal the brokenhearted. Let him heal the wounds that are there. Father, I thank you for that. And I praise you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.